Kevin Durant delivers once again for the Phoenix Suns. 43-8-6, just one turnover and the game winner. On today's episode of Locked on Suns, we're diving in to KD's awesome performance, how the Suns continue to rattle off these comebacks, and much more. Let's go. You are Locked on Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past seven seasons, a writer over at suns.com and the host of the Just Basketball Show wherever You get your podcasts. A big thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen to start your Tuesday, a post-game edition of the show. Another win, six straight. If you're finding us for the first time, go ahead and hit follow or subscribe. Maybe you just haven't done that before, but you're not a first-timer. Either way, become an everydayer. Get a new show in your feed every single Monday through Friday. Get Locked On to the Phoenix Suns all year long right here on the podcast. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more. New customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Let's zoom in on our moment of the game to kick off the show as we always do. The final score, 115 to 113. Again, a sixth straight W for the Phoenix Suns. And the moment of the game has to be this game winner. I mean, it it really is not just this off-ball cut, in-sync connection between Nurkic and Durant that results in a double-clutch mid-range pull-up, but it's everything that built into that. And I guess that's kind of a cop-out, right? That's not one moment, but you don't get the energy, the momentum of that that shot without the build. And look, the reality is the Suns aren't even in position to have a game-winning out-of-bounds play if not for Durant helping them come back in general. The Bulls were up as much as 23 points in this game. They won the first half by 17. They were up 17 at halftime. And the Suns came back and won the second half by 19. So very, very lopsided, although the second quarter was pretty even. And in the second half, Durant just took over. He had 13 points in the first half, which means he had 30 in the second half. I believe it was maybe 13 and 17, third quarter, fourth quarter, or maybe 15, 15. Either way, he works himself back into a 50% shooting night only turns the ball over once and is able to overcome what he called, and I think accurately, kind of his own fault that the team got in a hole. Now, of course, that's a little bit of a generalization. The defense was plenty of an issue, and we'll get to that, but I also do think that first half was so lopsided in part because guys like Alex Caruso and Patrick Williams were hitting threes when typically they don't They don't shoot like that, and you have Durant missing and Beal a little off tonight, and 
yeah, that's enough to have a 15-point differential in the first quarter and have things feel a little ugly. But again, Durant comes back and gets things on back on track. I think a few other things to point out here. This is what it looks like when they are feeding KD. Or this is what it should look like, right? It's a perfect time to to see a game like this coming off of the game on Sunday night, the first part of this back-to-back at home against two Midwest teams. Very strange scheduling there. But in that game, in the fourth quarter, part of what threw the Suns off as Jairus Walker and Buddy Heald are hitting threes is the Suns are kind of just kick shooting themselves in the foot, being way too deliberate and slow and focus laser you know kind of tunnel vision on getting Durant the ball and turning it over as a result in this game Durant had basically no post touches to speak of it was all and and some of this look I get it it's how teams guard guard him right and that's uh, I point point taken but Everything is better and and easier for this Suns team when when they are flowing, when when they are playing quickly, not always fast break, but even in the half court, just ball, ball movement, quick, decisions quick, moving and spacing and getting in position, all decisive. That's when this team is at its best. And so while there are games that call for dumping it to Durant and playing off of that, most of the time, the Suns are going to be at their best when he is getting the ball in the flow of the offense, but you still have to look for him within that, right? It's not na- it's not just going to happen. And that's where I think this game was kind of a coalescing of the best we've seen within a flow, playing quick, but still feeding Durant. And great things happen when you can do it. His shots were coming, attacking closeouts, transition threes, threes off of offensive rebounds. And a lot of all of that was... Booker or Beal or players on the short roll like Nurkic and Eubanks or guys getting offensive rebounds, most notably Eubanks late in the game, looking for him, making a conscious effort that KD is hot, where is he, be aware of it, and get the ball to him. The last ingredient, though, is that this guy was just I mean, just cooking, just unguardable. He basically neutralized the pick-and-roll coverage when they did directly put the ball in his hands, when the Suns said, you know, go go get us a bucket. The Bulls, smartly, didn't just roll over and let him do that. They started having Nikola Vucevic hedge out onto the perimeter, sort of, you know, hedge, blitz, whatever you want to say, send two to the ball in the pick and roll, and at least try to force the ball out of his hands. One of the times, the f- 
the second time they did that, Katie got the ball to Eubanks, and I can't remember what happened, but it was a zero-point possession. But at least two other times, you saw Durant basically take one step toward the middle of the lane and just rise up over the top of not only his defender, but also Nikola Vucevic. And it's just, I mean, it's one of those things that is a reminder that the dude is uh, from another world. The fact that a center, Nikola Vucevic, a, a big, tall, long dude, is moving his feet well, executing what he's being asked to do on defense to get the ball out of your hands. And not only does that not get the ball out of your hands, but you actually shoot over the top of that entire coverage from three. It should not be possible, but because he is as big as he is and coordinated as he coordinated as he is, it's possible. And he just did the he made the impossible look possible over and over tonight. He somehow got past Patrick Williams, one of the more promising kind of athletic forward defenders in the NBA. Just one little head fake and he was downhill. Like, okay, all of it was team-based, finding him, playing with flow, all that good stuff. But you're not getting a 43-point game in a 30-point half without some absolute miracle shot-making. And Durant provided that as well. Talk about the big takeaway from this game next, which is this team can make some comebacks. Let's dive in. First, today's show brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season is over. The postseason is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 straight to your account when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. I am looking at FanDuel's odds for not only conference championship weekend, In the NFL, where, as I predicted, the line for Detroit at San Francisco is moving in Detroit's favor ever so slightly. And in the NBA on Wednesday night, a nice matchup between Denver and Indiana in Indiana. I like the over on the total points there. 243. I mean, Denver played a pretty flawless game on Friday that ended up being low scoring because there were just so few mistakes. But that's a fun one to look at wherever you're looking same game parlays, the Explore tab, the Parlay Hub. Check it out at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and the NBA. Keeping it rolling, let's talk through something I don't think anyone would have ever expected this team to be capable of even like two weeks ago, which is incredible fourth quarter comebacks. Twice in the course of a week now, we have seen the Suns come back from being down 20-plus points with basically identical patterns. The switch flipped midway through the third quarter in both the Sacramento game last week on Tuesday and now this Bulls game tonight. And I think... That's, I mean, look, that could have been the other moment of the game, right? The Andre Drummond technical foul, which 
came after Andrew Eubanks' technical foul, which was a little bit of a touchy 339 in the third quarter. Eubanks gets the tech for a little shove against Kobe White in the back on a rebound, and uh, it was not a great call in my opinion, but whatever. Eubanks plays that way. Next time down, Eubanks fouls Drummond under the basket, Andre Drummond, and Drummond does not like that, does not take too kindly to it, and fouls, uh, you know, grabs him, whatever, gets called for his own tech. At that moment, the Bulls are up 88-82, to okay, at that exact moment. Well, no, hold on. At that exact moment, the 88 to 72 is what I should have said. So if you were to count from there, the Suns scored 43 points the rest of the way. The Bulls scored, how many is that? 25. That's pretty killer. And Eubanks deserves a lot of credit for it. This is a guy where kind of similar to Josh Okoge, right? Everything has to start with intensity and force, right? Like, you're not going to get at 6'8", or whatever he is, with not a lot of pure offensive skill and all of that. You're not going to get a lot of impact out of him unless he is at 11, turned up to 11, the way that he was most of this game. You know, he doesn't have the benefit of being seven feet tall. He doesn't have the benefit of being a a three-point shooter or even having much scoring touch at all. He's not naturally somebody who sees and is able to, to make those passes on the short roll. He did have a nice one to Grayson Allen tonight, but... If Eubanks is going to have any role to play the rest of this season for this Suns team, it's going to have to come playing like this. And I guess the domino effect of that is if the Suns can get anything like that from him or, you know, the door is wide open for anybody to step up the way that Eubanks did tonight with that level of energy and intensity. If they can get that from anybody it's going to make nights like this more possible, right? And um, it's something we talked about leading into the season. Aaron Edwards, who you know was on the show weekly, brought it up often. We had multiple conversations about it. Who is the court sort of enforcer on this team? Who is sort of the, you know, SHIT stirrer on this team, right? And I don't think I'm ready to just say that that's Eubanks now, but you see the power of it. It can it can shift the energy in the building. It can shift the energy of a game. It can get under the other team's skin and make them sort of start to make mental mistakes. All these things, we know the value of it across all sports, and, and obviously basketball being so interpersonal, it's, it's even more pronounced. And so in this case, I do think that was a big turning point. Obviously wanted to give Durant the shine because that's the real reason that this game turned. And and how the Suns were able to close it out. But, you know, Sacramento, it was 
the sort of staggered bench unit to close out the third quarter, cutting the lead to about 10. And then, you know, the fourth quarter comes around and, you know, they go small about eight minutes, nine minutes in, and then go to the Gordon super small death lineup sort of thing with about six minutes to go. That was how that game flipped. There are these moments and these inflection points, but they're only possible when your stars are playing great, when the effort and intensity is there, and when you have some some breaks go your way, right? I mean, like, I guess the better comparison to Eubank specifically in that Kings comeback the other night was would probably be Gordon. Gordon was was bad in the first half of that Kings game, and then all of a sudden makes like four threes in the second half, two of them in the fourth quarter, makes a, ni- a couple of nice defensive plays on switches. When they do go small, he's able to guard Monk and Fox and whatever. And those are the little things that add up. And so you're starting to see as the Suns stack games, minutes, reps, possessions, halves together with the big three, with the rotation around that, these other things pop up. And that's when the margin is there for you because you have the talent and you have the cohesion. Things like this can go in your favor. The Suns face this Bulls team that is the best in the NBA at forcing turnovers. They turn the ball over seven times. We'll talk about the defense to close things out here in a moment. But outside of that first quarter, the Suns outscored the Bulls by 17 points, you know, the rest of the way. They didn't, they won every other quarter. They they lost the second quarter by two, and, and there you go. So when you're not kicking yourself and, and shooting yourself in the foot, these nights are possible. And when you have some of these difference makers and shot-making performances, that is how you add up to those big, huge comebacks, even if those aren't going to happen every night. Let's close things out talking a little bit about the defense as well as the rotation and more. First, today's show brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the best place to play daily fantasy sports because it's different and better than your previous daily fantasy sports experiences. How? Well, they removed the feeling that you might get screwed. They made it more fun. They made it really the spirit of what Daily Fantasy is supposed to be because they removed the head-to-head, the leagues, the pools. It is just you versus the prize picks player projections. And this time of year, you can even join a specials league over at prize picks where you can combine across sports. Maybe you are, again, as I've given the example of previously, feeling a little Bay Area inclined. Maybe you go Brock Purdy passing touchdowns in the NFC Championship game, plus Steph Curry threes made this weekend. And Hit the more on that projection. All of that plus quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and enormous selection of players and stat types make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA to check it out and use the promo code locked on NBA when you do to get a first deposit match up to $100. That's promo prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Promo code locked on NBA when you make your first deposit to get it matched up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports. Made easy. Closing out the show. Let's talk about the defense, right? The game plan. 
there was a few things here, and this is not a, I guess a, I guess it could be the box score oddity. We'll call it that tonight. I think the turnovers to me really is the, the box score oddity of the night, but the defense is worth looking at too from that capacity because of who, who shot and how efficient they were and, and what the Suns were trying to do. In the first quarter, Nikola Vucevic got going early. And you could very clearly tell that the Suns' game plan was to pretty much let him do that. Let him shoot. But when I say shoot, I mean jumpers. He got a lot of offensive rebounds tonight, and he had a couple of drives to the basket. I don't think they wanted to allow that. However, he got going. He got hot early making some of those jumpers that they were allowing. But Vucevic is a guy who can do that to you. And so that was a little bit puzzling. I mentioned that Caruso and Patrick Williams got hot from deep. It's not every night that those two guys are going to go 8 of 19 on threes on the road. So that did not work in the Suns' favor. And then throughout the game, they had no no answer for Kobe White at all. That's just, I think, I mean, look, it's kind of the reality of the situation, right? 26-10-9 for him. The Suns struggled with him in the last game. That was Beal's return game and Beal had to guard White quite a bit and that did not go well they just don't have a defender for those types of guys and that just might be true uh, for the rest of the season uh, until we see what happens at the deadline the other bit was though that in the first half they let Io DeSunmu get going as a transition scorer so the Bulls had 15 fast break points in this game I would Venture to guess that half of Desunmu's points came in fast break, and he was probably about half of that total. That's on the scouting report. That's how that guy gets... That's what he does. So that was a little bit strange as well. The one good thing I will say, though, and you saw how important this effort was late in the game when this guy did finally step up and was able to get comfortable is that they kept DeMar DeRozan in check. 40 minutes played for DeMar tonight, 17 field goal attempts, worse than 50% from the field, and only six free throw attempts, right? I think that they did an awesome job against DeMar DeRozan in this game for the most part. You know, he had a couple of those clutch ones late. That's going to happen. But the turnover or the, the reversal of the foul on... Grayson Allen that ended up not only getting, I mean, this, okay, I guess we're doing a moment of the game in every segment because if that challenge even wins enough to just remove the and one there, I'm not sure the Suns have enough time to get back in this game. I think that that would have made the score 111. No. It could have made it 112 to 109 if Frank Vogel either didn't challenge it or the challenge failed. So, okay, not a defensive foul on Grayson. Now we're down to no and one. The score still would have been 111 to 108. But because the challenge won doubly and removed the shot altogether and turned it into an offensive foul on DeRozan, suddenly the score is now back to 109-108 Chicago, and the ball goes to the Suns. 
And that game, that moment was huge. I know that's a little bit of an aside. Excuse me, but it's part of, uh, you know, if you're missing this game or wanting the lowdown, that's part of it. Regardless, they did a nice job on DeRozan, and it was a group effort was my initial point of diving into that Grayson Allen thing because that was a nice play by him. You saw Bates Diop have some good moments there. Durant had that matchup the majority of the night. You saw Booker and Beal each have possessions where they had to guard him in isolation, and I think the team did a really good job. He is somebody who can really get into a groove. He can get you to foul him. He can get hot from mid-range. He'll take some threes. He'll have some high assist nights. 21-5-3 on less than 50% from the field and two turnovers for DeRozan. That is a victory. I guess we can close on this, and it's somebody that I've already mentioned. Katie Bates-Diop and just the Benchmob vibe check in general here. Actually, I do have one more thing after that. I asked Vogel about Bates-Diop post-game. He said that because Eric Gordon was out tonight, they needed to give some minutes to somebody. He liked how Bates-Diop had guarded DeRozan in Chicago a couple months ago in that game. I think this was one of the better games we've seen from Bates Diop lately, and you still look up, it's five points to assist. But he had some of those nice defensive moments again. He was involved, I think you would have to say, defensively as a help defender. The other challenge was related to him on the foul against Vucevic. I don't remember exactly. And then uh, Patrick Williams on the final play where they tried to inbound it to Patrick Williams and they called a foul on Bates D up there. Luckily, not a shooting foul, but it wasn't a foul at all. If Frank Vogel had had a third challenge to use, I think he would have used it there and it would have gotten overturned. So Bates D up was mixing it up. He played with the starters and looked a lot better. He made a three in this game. He had a nice assist to Durant at one point. They use him as a roller. They use him as a popper. They use him as a guy in the dunker spot to stand there and try to soak up offensive rebounds. It's it's getting closer, um, but it's not enough right now, and I don't know if he'll even play because Vogel also said that he's really just running this bench by matchup, and again, Gordon didn't play. So we saw Saban Lee get minutes for some reason and Bates-Diop get more minutes because of, of Gordon being out. Maybe that changes on Wednesday. I don't exactly think Bates-Diop is a solution to guard Doncic or Irving. So we might be right back to square one with this rotation by then. I will save my last recap segment and I'll probably build it out into a whole segment on tomorrow's show. So hit follow, hit subscribe, get that one, a recap of the Mavs game and more throughout the week. Don't forget to sign up for Locked On Suns Insider Text Alerts where you get all Suns news and analysis plus my, all Suns news plus my analysis of it Straight to your phone, you can respond to me, text me back, get that one-on-one feedback, that one-on-one engagement, and some exclusive goodies throughout the season there as well. That show link is in the show description, or you can visit joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnSons. I will talk to you guys tomorrow.